This show is produced by the Hartman Media Company. For more information and links to all our great podcasts, visit HartmanMedia.com. Welcome to the Solomon Success Show, where we explore the timeless wisdom of King Solomon and the Bible as it relates to business and investing. False prophets and get-rich-quick schemes are everywhere. Let's not be distracted by these. Instead, let's go to the source, the eternal principles that create a life of peace, power, and prosperity. Here's our host, Jason Hartman. Welcome to the show. This is Jason Hartman, your host, and every 10th episode, we do something kind of special, kind of different. What we do is we go off topic. So regardless of which show it is on the Hartman Media Network, whether it be one of the financial shows, economics, real estate investing, travel, longevity, all of the other topics that we have, every 10th episode, we go off topic and we explore something of general interest something of general life success value and so many of our listeners around the world in 164 countries have absolutely loved our 10th episode shows so that's what we're going to do today and let's go ahead and get to our guest with a special 10th episode show and of course on the next episode we'll be back to our regular programming here we go It's my pleasure to welcome back a returning guest, and it is Joel Kahn. He has uh, been around for a long time in the internet world and does all kinds of amazing things. His newest book is called The Fun Formula, How Curiosity, Risk-Taking, and Serendipity Can Revolutionize How You Work. He's also host of a a cryptocurrency podcast, talks a lot about blockchain and the future of uh well, I guess really the world, if I could make such a bold statement when it comes to blockchain. And so we'll dive into both of those topics. Joel, welcome back. How are you? Oh, I'm great, man. Thanks for having me, Jason. It's a pleasure to talk to you again. It's good to have you. It's good to have you. So, hey, we all should have a little more fun, I think. I, I know that would be a good thing for me to do. Tell us about The Fun Formula. Well, The Fun Formula is my 15th book, and it's probably my most personal one. You know, in the past, I've written about Twitter and internet marketing and Google AdSense, all very strategic and tactical ways for people to build a business online. But, you know, I I was really getting fed up with the hustle and grind mentality that I'm seeing being, you know, pushed out there on people, especially younger people that are just getting started as though somehow work is everything. You know, what I did is I kind of reverse engineered my 23 years of doing business online. I looked at my successes and my failures, and I was able to determine that my greatest success came with the least amount of effort in each and every instance. It was, you know, when I was had my nose to the grindstone and really just busting a hump, that's more than likely where I struggled the most in my business. But the seven or eight home runs that I've had in my career were the ones that seemingly came the most naturally. And what I realized is those came about when I was having the most fun mm-hmm. doing what I was doing. Right. And so that's that's why the fun formula. Okay, so that is a great philosophy. Here's why I think you might have some skeptics, including yours truly. I have fun, I travel a lot, do stuff, but I'm a grinder. I mean, I work, you know, like a lot of people in my position, you know, you got money, they don't work. I work, I still work, I love projects, I have passion projects I want to do, right? Just as a lot of us do. But, you know, how can you trust 
the fun formula concept. Uh, in other words, I know that if I'm going to grind it out and work really hard, I'm going to achieve something. But if I kind of sit back and, you know, let the chips fall where they may, and some great creative idea comes to me, like the fart app, you know, I don't know if that's going to happen. I can't, can I trust it? How can I trust it? Well, I never said sit back. Yeah, you know, okay. it, it's the, there's this element of you still have to do something, mm-hmm. right? You can't just stay home and, you know, turn on daytime television and eat bonbons and, right. and expect miracles to happen. It, right. It's it's a two-part process. You have to do something, but that something should come from your passion. You should be driven by the things that excite you the most. You should be curious and be willing to explore and mm-hmm. to take risks. Right. Then there is the part of needing to trust the process. There is a waiting for the right time, the right person, the right email showing Mm -hmm. up at the right event. It's kind of, there's something to serendipity that's very real. Now, if this happened to me just once or twice, I don't know that I could build a philosophy around it. But we're talking, you know, major home runs and major failures. Mm -hmm. And always the home runs came from applying this philosophy. And I think if you've not experienced that, it's usually because people mm-hmm. are afraid. Right. What if I quit hustling and grinding, mm-hmm. right? They, they haven't learned to trust the process or they're putting all their eggs in one basket. They're buying into the idea that, see that door over there that you want to get through that's barred and locked and shut? Well, they tell you you're supposed to keep banging away at that door. Mm-hmm. I say, that's nonsense. We live in a time where there is so much opportunity that while you have the tunnel vision to bang away at that door, there's an open door to your left, there's a door open to the crack to your right, there's a window open above you, there is so much. And it's, you know, it's not that I just had the idea for a fart app, it's that I had the idea and I took action on Mm -hmm. it. Sure, sure. Okay, good, good points, good distinctions, definitely. So it's not, you remember uh, many years ago, the the secret made its rounds, right? Mm -hmm. And everybody was starting to think that you could just sit around and visualize and all, everything would drop into your lap, you know? Oh, yeah, no. Oh, I, I am I am anti the secret. Yeah. I think that that is some of the most dangerous philosophy that that has been put out there. It was pretty ridiculous. I mean, certainly that's one component of it. So I wouldn't say I'm anti the secret, but it's just one component. There's more to it. You got to do something. And you're probably familiar with him, but Michael Singer, he has a great book called The Surrender Experiment. And I think it maybe blends in with what you're talking about here, how you, you got to have an opening, you know, create an opening in life to let the world fill in some gaps, right? It's not always like we have to go run and chase everything. Would that be a correct statement? I think so. Yeah, I think that, you know, life unfolds before us and rarely in the way that we think it's going to. You know, the world tells us that you get your education, you get a job, and then you work at that job, and then one day you retire. Uh, people are always planning for the future rather than living today. Carpe diem. We have to seize the day because we don't know what's going to happen. We don't know how long we have. And I can tell you that the vast majority of the plans that I made did not work out the way I thought they would or did not work out at all. There's a certain amount of faith and trust that it takes to go through life that is willing to roll with the punches and accept changes as they come our way and adapt to them. But it's those times that we actually, when we realize that, you know, security is kind of an illusion, 
you know, we create our own sense of security, but, you know, you can't, you don't control when you were born. And with the exception of those who do something tragic, you don't control when you leave this planet. And so control is an illusion. And sometimes the more we are willing to trust what's taking place in our lives, the more we are open to the good things that can really bring us down the road to not only success in our business, but greater fulfillment in life. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, good stuff. What else do you want people to know about this? Are there any mechanics, any list of uh, items, anything to make it a little more tangible than uh, an attitudinal thing? Well, yeah, I mean, that's what the book is all about. It dissects this whole process. It's a funformulabook.com that people can check out, you know, how to move from fear to fun. And, and I talk a lot about work and play and what's the difference between them and to take note of the hobbies in our lives because they could be, you know, a signal to something that could actually become a core part of our business and, and how important it is to show up without necessarily expecting something is specific, but being open to who you meet and what you learn and what opportunities present themselves. Yeah, absolutely. Good stuff. Good stuff. Joel, you want to switch gears and talk a little bit about blockchain and cryptocurrencies? I love talking about crypto. All right. Good stuff. Good stuff. Well, this is a you know, the, the blockchain, many people have said, and many agree, this is a world changing technology and will shape so many things that we do in the future. I think it's important to differentiate that from cryptocurrencies. They're not the same thing, right? Cryptocurrencies just happen to use the blockchain, right? And Bitcoin certainly popularized the technology, but they are two separate items, right? And we can certainly talk about both of them. But I just want to kind of put that out there at the beginning. Well, yeah, they go hand in hand. Blockchain is the technology. It's the decentralized distributed ledger technology that can be used to make all of the way we do payments and contracts and just about anything that requires a database to be faster, more cost-effective, and more efficient. Cryptocurrencies are the different types of tokens that can be used upon blockchain that will have uh, various different utility. Mm -hmm. Okay, so are you bullish on both? Yes, I'm, I'm bullish on all of it. Both blockchain and cryptos being built upon it are here to stay. In fact, I believe that blockchain technology is the single most disruptive technology of our time. And to me, I remember when um, I got started in computers in 1980 and dialing in at 300 baud and thinking, this is the future. We're going to communicate in this online world one day. And I built my first website in 1995. And back then, people were still writing and skeptics were saying, will people really buy online? And those of us who knew were, of course, they're going to buy online. How dense are you? Well, you know, here we are today and the World Wide Web and e-commerce is totally disrupted how we do so many types of interactions. And blockchain feels, smells, looks, tastes, sounds exactly like the web did in those early days. It's coming, only it's coming faster and more furious than the web came. And everybody's vertical is going to be disrupted in some way. And there will be a time, you think about uh, 10 years ago, very few people had smartphones. Most people were still using their Razor or their Nokia. And uh, today, everybody is connected 
to their smartphone all the time. In 10 years' time, it has totally turned upside down how we engage and do so many activities. Blockchain is going to be more disruptive than that. Talking on the cryptocurrency side of the equation for a moment, what about the opposing forces to cryptocurrencies? And just so you know where I stand here, I would love nothing more than to see a decentralized currency that is owned by the people rather than the central banks, rather than the Federal Reserve, et cetera, and the governments. But these are pretty powerful forces uh, to compete with. They have a very vested interest in keeping things the way they are. You know, they can control inflation rates and the amount of real uh, money or real dollars in which they have to pay back debts to foreign countries and so forth. There's a pretty powerful uh, set of um, opposing forces, right? Absolutely. There, there's always, you know, a battle for change. There's always going to be opposing forces. You know, the those that made the horse and buggies, you know, the buggies for the horse and buggies were opposed to uh, Henry Ford and the automobile and talked about how we didn't need these. You know, there was a time that somebody said that I, they couldn't imagine how the world would ever need more than two computers. But, you know, technology moves forward. And what we're starting to see is many of these forces that are opposed are beginning to figure out how are they going to embrace this. They realize they cannot stop this. They can attempt to regulate, but crypto wants to be free and uh, it's going to find its way one way or another. And so, yeah, the battle is on, but we are seeing many of the larger financial institutions and powers that be begin to bend the knee to the inevitable future. You know, here's the deal. If you don't go where the technology is moving to, then you're going to become blockbuster video. Netflix is going to kick your butt. You're going to become the local retailer that lost out to Amazon. You're going to become Nokia that completely lost all market share to Apple. That was shocking too. I know Kia had it. They had the world <laughs> at their feet and then and then iPhone came along. It's just amazing how quickly something can change. But Well, it, it didn't surprise yeah, me yeah. Uh, either. In 2007, that first iPhone came out. I immediately snapped one up. I was one of the people that paid $600 because yeah, I paid you know, 600 as a bucks too. Yep, yep, and, and as a big kid, a 12-year-old, mm-hmm. you know, that wants to play with the toys, I saw that and I'm like, this is the future. Mm -hmm. And I'm telling you, I'm not a financial advisor, but I am telling you that blockchain is here to stay. And that's why we love doing our our podcast that I co-host with Travis Wright. It's called the Bad Crypto Podcast. Mm -hmm. So you talked about how, you know, cryptocurrency wants to be free. You know, I think it was George Gilder, maybe who coined the term information wants to be free, possible wrong attribution there. I agree with you, it wants to be free, but can the forces that oppose it prevent that? Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. For example, there are certainly commodities that are illegal, right? Like illegal drugs, but they have intrinsic value. You know, people will trade in them, right? They're certainly not as portable as a cryptocurrency by any means, but couldn't they just say, hey, it's illegal. We're not going to allow Bitcoin to exist, for example. Then what would happen? You can't stop it from existing. What you could do is say it's illegal to use it or to own it, but you can't stop it from existing. And there are cryptocurrencies that are more private, like Zcash and Monero, Mm -hmm. that are completely untrackable and untrackable traceable. And if the governments are going to get so repressive that they're going to stifle it, people will use it underground and Mm -hmm. it won't be trackable. You would have to take down the whole technology grid 
for crypto to be rendered useless. And and frankly, I don't see that happening. Too many people have too much at stake, and we're starting to see big money mm-hmm. coming in and sitting on the sidelines. And once that happens, that's it. It's game over. Well, talk about the financial industry, the big financial industry, you know, the, the banksters and so forth, and what they're doing in the space. I mean, I remember, it's amazing how quickly it changed, too. I remember this was it Jamie Dimon or something yep. that 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 said yep. if anyone you know even talks about cryptocurrencies at our firm you're going to be fired and then right. it changed very quickly <laughs> yeah was, well now now JP Morgan Chase yeah, right. is uh, you know his organization mm-hmm. is looking at how they're going to use blockchain and mm-hmm. that that's really that you know I don't even need to go beyond that when you have the most outspoken non-supporters right mm-hmm. people that are detractors saying it's never going to go anywhere and then their company starts figuring out how they're going to use it that's mm-hmm. it. That tells you they're bending the knee. They see there's no way to avoid this. It's either get on the train or be left behind as a dinosaur of yesterday. Become mm-hmm. the horse and buggy. Well, so what are they doing in it? Like, what? T- tell us about their participation and and how you think that might influence governments and central banks. Well, you know, look, I think that the banks are figuring out how do we leverage this for fast payments. You know, so right now the system is so broken. You know, if you write a check, what do we take? It takes several days sometimes for a check to clear. Mm-hmm. You deposit a check and you can't spend that money. That's, you know, that's there. That's clearly yours because the settlements take so long. Crypto is going to change all that. In fact, there's, a, you know, one that you would argue is not truly decentralized because uh, it's actually for the banks. It's called Ripple. And there's people in the crypto space that really don't like it, but it's got one of the largest market caps and it's made for instant settlements so that if banks are sending you know money from one to another, that transaction happens in a matter of seconds and there's no more waiting for the money to appear. There's no more double spending involved in it. There's no questioning, did this transaction take place? Because it's out there publicly on the blockchain and this solves so many customer service problems that the banks are going to figure out how do we leverage to uh, to better serve our customers and, and to grow our wealth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So what should people do? What action should they take if they believe in what you're saying? Well, they should go out and do their own research and own due diligence. Um, I would never encourage anybody to invest in any money because I'm not a financial advisor and it is a very volatile space and you could lose it all. But I would encourage them to uh, listen to our show because Travis Wright and I, we talk about these things and we bring forth information and we encourage people to go down the rabbit hole and learn what is blockchain? How does Bitcoin work? How does it get mined? Who's using it? What other technologies are coming up? So start by asking asking the questions, and then seek out the answers. Mm -hmm. With all these different ICOs, initial coin offerings going on out there, I guess, first of all, has that market, that market's changed a lot, hasn't it? I mean, it was like we had the crazy days just, you know, last year with these amazing offerings and people making fortunes literally in seconds. Yeah. And then it's it's changed, right? Has that uh, dampened quite a bit uh, since then? And kind of what's going on in the ICO market? Well, you know, here's the deal. It's very hard to raise capital for your business. And a lot of companies started 
waking up and going, wait, we can develop something that is blockchain-based and rather than going through traditional venture capital means, you know, and giving away our company, we can do an initial coin offering or a token offering, which is kind of like a crypto version of a Kickstarter. And because it was new, there was a lot of companies that jumped in there that really had no business being on blockchain and uh, a lot of hype drew you know drew interest and there were people that made a lot of money that lost a lot of money there's still people making and losing a lot of money there are still ICOs on a regular basis it's just that there's more regulation now and it's kind of interesting because two places that you can't participate in ICOs uh, unless you are already uh, sitting on a, a stack of cash or China and the United States and so uh, you have to be a qualified investor in the U.S. We're still waiting on the SEC to come up with some rulings on cryptocurrency, and uh, we're watching that unfold. And that's kind of what's leading to a lot of volatility in the market right now. There's a lot of fear, uncertainty, and doubt of what the governments are, are going to do. But I think when the dust settles, once people know what they're dealing with, that's when we're ideally going to see the real growth. Yeah, yeah, very interesting stuff, very interesting stuff. Is there any second place to Bitcoin? Is Bitcoin the only truly decentralized coin? No, no, not at all. In fact, if you go to coinmarketcap.com, you'll see there's over 1,600 cryptocurrencies and tokens that are listed. but that's not what I mean. Uh, Well, maybe it it is, but maybe maybe I'll just clarify it. Like, with so many of the other coins, you know, the government, if they want to shut you down, they can go knock on someone's door and find the CEO, right? right. With Bitcoin, they can't do that. So it right. is. With, and, and with many of them, they can't do that. Okay. You can't do that with, you know, Ethereum. You can't do that with BitShares. You can't do that with uh, Stellar Lumens. And, and the list goes on of decentralized cryptos. But they have different utilities. You know, Bitcoin is purely for payments, that's all. Whereas you have, uh, you know, a token like Ethereum that has programming built into it, so you can do smart contracts. And so a lot of the companies that are building their token are building it on the Ethereum platform because it gives additional functionality that Bitcoin doesn't have. And so there's a number of new cryptos that are coming up that have a different functionality programmed into them in a different utility. Yeah, very interesting stuff. Anything you want to say to wrap it up for us on either of the subjects, uh, the the fun formula or uh, the crypto space? Well, I encourage people to follow their passion. Go grab a copy of the Fun Formula at funformulabook.com. There's a lot of bonuses there for people who uh, who order through that site. And uh, listen to the Bad Crypto Podcast and go down the crypto rabbit hole with us. It's We have a lot of fun on the show and we share a lot of information. Good stuff. Joel Com. thanks for joining us. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. Please be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss any episodes. Be sure to check out the show's specific website and our general website, HartmanMedia.com, for appropriate disclaimers and terms of service. Remember that guest opinions are their own. And if you require specific legal or tax advice or advice in any other specialized area, please consult an appropriate professional. And we also very much appreciate you reviewing the show. Please go to iTunes or Stitcher Radio or whatever platform you're using and write a review for the show. We would very much appreciate that. And be sure to make it official and subscribe so you do not miss any episodes. We look forward to seeing you on the next episode.